The home video update is sponsored by you. Yes, you. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash home video update to join as a patron to unlock exclusive membership benefits. Thank you for supporting the home video update. Hi guys, it's Mike. It's the 2nd of November 2022. It is just after half 10 in the morning and I'm back semi-regularly. Yay! Um, Not quite in seven days, but I am trying very hard to get it down. Work is still an issue and getting in the way. I'm working like 60 hour plus weeks and it's kicking my ass. But I have actually been watching some stuff. I have actually been to an actual cinema, which is rare for me at the moment, but I have actually done it. I've bought some new bits and bobs as well, which is good, um, because that hasn't happened in a little while either. Um, But yeah, so we'll get straight into the format, um, and we'll start with what we're watching and some pickups here and there. Okay, so we'll get into some pickups right away. Um, There's been a few bits here and there, actually. Um, There was a glitch on Amazon um, a couple of days back where people were getting like three or four 4K movies for like four to two pounds, which was really strange. Now, by the time I'd woken up and noticed this, even though I'd get up really early in the morning, um, most of them sold out. Most of the glitches have stopped working. I did manage to get two for, I think, just under 10 pounds or just over. I think it's 10 pound 14 or something. Um, I got Who Framed Roger Rabbit, um, the Disney 4K release. Now, I wasn't going to buy this straight away. Um or at all, actually, because I have access to a 35mm print, and it's obviously the uncensored version. Um, it doesn't have the stupid Atmos remix as the only audio option, which is what this has. Um, this is... I actually watched this yesterday, um, coming into what we've been watching. I've actually been watching stuff. Um, yeah, it's an okay restoration. It's a little bit heavy on the DNR in places, because of obviously the amount of dupes and different versions of things that have got to go into making this work i mean it was a massive undertaking and to be fair they did a really good job um visually it looks fine it's all right it's i mean i'd rather watch something closer to the 35 mil print obviously because that's me being a purist and being a bit you know sad like that um but it's okay it's fine the atmos wasn't i didn't notice anything egregiously remixed let's put it that way it was it's stupid that's the only option but If that is the only option, that's the only option. Um, I'd rather have the 2.0 soundtrack or the 70mm 5.1-ish mix. Um, I mean, it's okay. It's fine. Um, For, what, a fiver I paid for it for a 4K release? It's not bad. Um, Also picked up Fox slash Disney release. Um, This is the only X-Men film that I don't own. Um, I didn't own, rather, apart from 
Dark Phoenix, which I don't want to own because it's absolutely terrible. It's one of the ones I actually hate. It's just crap. Um, I picked up the New Mutants. Um, now, obviously, this was Hellback, 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 and there was a million issues with it. Problems, everything else. I watched this. Um, I downloaded it. I didn't see it in the cinema. Um, and I actually thought it was all right. I thought it was fine. I don't think it's a great film. I thought it was entertaining. I think the cast is really good. I was Maisie Williams, Annie Taylor-Joy. Um, I think it's fine, you know. Um, Josh Boone is um, a decent director, and I think he could have done something better if they left him alone. Um, obviously, they didn't. Um, but it's. I think it was good. And from what I saw at the download, it was a 4K download. Um, the HDR in it was insanely bright. So it'd be good to see the actual disc. Um, it's in Dolby Atmos, which is fine because it was done in Dolby Atmos. I haven't actually watched that disc yet. It's something I'll watch on a boring day. Um, all my other Marvel... Um, Fox movies I've got still books of um, when I was back into like still books really hardcore. Um, so I'm not really going to cry the fact that that's in a normal keep case because then I paid a fiver or just under for it. I think that's a perfectly rational amount of money you'd pay for something like that. I'm not really interested in. We also have two copies of Top Gun Maverick. Now, I was going to get more because at the moment it's kind of my film of the year, I'm pretty sure. I have to relook at some other stuff. Um, now, I haven't spun this yet. They came Monday. Um, I'm currently got some new speakers in the post me right now. So there might be a point where I have to pause the podcast and go out and get them. I've got some speakers and some speaker um, stands coming today for my front setup. Um, not a huge, great big upgrade, just a little bit of tweaking. Uh, I already run an Atmos um, slash DTSX slash whatever setup um, with dipoles in the back and... Like regular stuff at the front. Pretty much everything I own is Kef. Um, I'm a big Kef fan. I don't know where that came from, actually. I used to be a big JBL fan back in the day. Um, I like Klipsch, but they're really expensive over, over here. I want to have a look at Monoprice stuff, actually, because there's quite a bit of Monoprice stuff, and they're quite big in America, less so over here. And it's something I really have to look at at some point. But I was going to wait for these new speakers, break them in, test them out, make sure they work fine. I'd have to send them back or anything stupid, and then watch Top Gun as like the big like Atmos intro. So I've got the Steelbook, which was the um, Amazon exclusive Steelbook. And I've also got the Lenticular Steelbook, which is the HMV exclusive Steelbook. Now, the HMV one's going to stay sealed. I have no reason to open both of them, and I'm yawning already. I haven't yawned all morning. It's just when I get on these podcasts. Obviously, I talk too much, and I start yawning. Um, now, I'm going to keep this sealed. I don't need to say two of them open. One of them open is perfectly fine. Um, I love this movie. Um, I think it's great. Um, and it is pure cinema, and I'm glad they've got the IMAX scenes at home. It doesn't say... It's not IMAX branded, obviously, because um, Paramount don't do that. I just hope the encode lives up to what I saw. I saw it in IMAX, and I saw it... What else did I see? I think I just saw it regularly as well. Um, I wanted to see it in Screen X, but I kept missing it, so... That's one thing I want to see eventually is a Screen X one. I think that had been quite good in Screen X, and sadly I missed out on it. Um, we have another film that I have actually watched, um, this actual disc. We have Highlander. Now, people who've been following the podcast will know that I was talking about in the news that Eagle had announced Highlander before anyone else, and they were doing this cool steelbook, and I ordered it straight away and forgot about it. 
I ordered the steelbook from Zavi and the collector's edition from Amazon. I cancelled the steelbook in the end because I thought I don't need two copies of it. It's silly. And unlike the people who ordered at Zavi, haha, cry more. Um, mine actually turned up from Amazon day one. No issues, no nothing. Um, I watched this last night. It is breathtaking. Now, I'm normally a very big stickler for compression artifacts. I didn't notice any. Um, I'm very tired at the moment, so it could be that I was just not paying attention. I have, unfortunately, well, maybe not unfortunately, got the Eagle Steelbook still coming. It shipped yesterday. I forgot that I pre-ordered it. Um, I forgot I left that or open or order open. It costs a lot less than the Zavi version, and it might have a different encode because Eagle do have do their own encodes. So if this is bad, at least I'll have a better version. But I didn't notice any issues. I watched it with, with the um, 2.0 track. It sounded completely accurate. It sounded great. Now, also going into the end of it, there are no issues with um, the wires in many of the scenes, actually, where the wires have been painted out. I know there were in previous versions of things. This seems like a completely new... Got your own. A completely new scan of the Oneg. It does seem, you know, really, really good. The HDR is great. The colours are fantastic. The colours pop on it like mad. Connie's costume, especially the stuff in the Highland, when um, you see the um, the sky, it's so, so beautiful. Um, for warning for people, I know people um, from when I used to be on that stupid forum were bitching about the Blu-ray, about whether it be remastered or not. It's not remastered. It's the exact same version that was in the original um, original version. Um, I'm not sure if it's the Immortal Edition that came out. I've got a steelbook of. Or it's the newer remastered version that came out, what, two, three years ago? I put it in. It seemed like an old disc. Um, so I'm not entirely sure which version it is, but it's not. Oh, my God, this new remaster at all. Um, it is beautiful, though. That is, I keep banging on about restoration, about, you know, this is the last format we're ever going to get of physical media. What they should be is preservation. They should be a preservation version of that movie it should be the last version of it you ever be able to buy and it should be one that lasts forever because it looks amazing and that's the one you want to keep and that is what you got with highlander it is beautiful now if other people like really pixel peep and have a look and see some compression artifacting or something else like i, say, I normally see this so i'm surprised i didn't see it because you can now very hit and miss unless fidelity in motion did the encode and i don't remember them saying they did and I don't think, just have a quick look at the booklet. The poster in it as well is gorgeous. The, um, oh God, what's his name? Matt. Um, oh God, now I'm going to be kicking myself. What is his name? Matt. Um, please tell me it's written in somewhere. No, this is great podcast material here. Me pausing and thinking for a book. I can't see anything about the restoration in this booklet at all, which is a shame because I'd rather have something on it. Um, Matt Ferguson, his name is, um, but I can't see anything about the restoration. So who did the restoration or, you know, who did the encode or anything else? There's no details that I can see. I can't see any mention of like Fidelity in Motion or anyone else. Um it's a nice little booklet. I think pin badges is a bit weird thing to have, but okay, great. Poster's lovely. I will frame that poster and probably put it up. Um, 
I've got Highlander 2 original one sheet somewhere as well that needs to go up and get framed because that thing's beautiful. But yeah, that is gorgeous. That is one of my favourite releases of the year. It might be my best release of the year for like a catalogue title. Um, it's really nice. Um, next, we have another catalogue title in 4K. We have Videodrome from Arrow. Um, I forgot I pre-ordered this. I've got the original Blu-ray. I never got the box set because it sold out instantly. It's one of these ones where an Arrow used to sell out all the time. And the box set sold out literally immediately. And I had to get the normal version when it came out. Um, I watched this. It is beautiful. It is very good looking. Um, very, very well encoded. Very, very, very nicely done. I know that uh, Fidelity Motion did do this encode. Um, it's probably, again, last version I'd ever buy. Um, there's no reason to, you know, get anything better than this. It is 4K. It was a low-budget-ish movie. It looks as good as it's going to look. It's got the original um, mono soundtrack. I think it's the only option on there, which is good for you, Arrow. That's the way it should be. I got the original art edition from Zavi because I don't like the new art, and I'd rather have original art. I always flip Arrow, Arrow releases anyway. So my original version has been flipped to the original art anyway. Um, it is a good, good disc. It looks great. Um, it's a good package. I'm glad I own it because I now know I don't have to buy Videodrome ever again. So this is what it should be. It should get to the point where this is the last release of this film I'm going to buy unless something special or amazing comes out. Um, and nothing special or amazing has come out. Do you know what I mean? Um, this is the last special amazing version of something. Great. If there's something like um, Plane, Trains and Automobiles. If this new 4K version is remastered and doesn't look like a DNR mess, then it will be pretty great. Also, it's got, you know, the extended scenes, which is that special source for something else for a reason to come along. So it's great that it's there. Um, we have No Escape as well from Turbine. Now, this is a controversial motherfucker, isn't it? Um, I got it because it's got the original art. I think I might have talked about it. It might have come the other week and I've already mentioned it on here. I can't remember, so apologize if I did. Um, I have watched a bit of it. I haven't watched all of it because I watched it a couple of weeks ago when Ray Liotta died. Um, which was the normal like Blu-ray version of it. Now, this is the only version of a, um, No Escape that I own. It's got the poster I love. It's in a package I love. Yes, it does it like an upscale. Yes, it's a bit cooked. Is it the best version currently on home video? Definitely. Is it better than that? Whoever that's Save Media or whatever it's called. What are they called? I can't remember the name of them. They're this newish lineup and they do like weird esoteric things they released a version it looks terrible the nameless media version or whatever it was from australia or whatever they all look terrible that is the best version now if that's the best version we get until someone grown-up puts it out then i'm fine with that it didn't cost the earth i like the packaging it's perfectly watchable it has lots of audio options it's fine you know it's not perfect um I mean, I've watched it in the DTS 2.0. There is a 5.1. There's an Atmos and an Oro 13.1. But the Oro 13.1's got a 5.1 DTS base anyway. Which, flicking through, I did flick through the audio tracks. Um, there's not a huge amount of difference between them. I didn't know it's a lot of Atmos effects. Um, but it's, for what it is, I now own a copy of No Escape. I never owned it. It's one of my favourite films when I used to rent stuff as a child. So I'm glad that I've got it. You know, it's... Yes, it's controversial. Yes, it's not perfect, but it's just a cool release. So what else have I watched? I watched um, Black Adam. Um, I saw it in the cinema. Um, 
and it was um yeah it was okay i mean it wasn't perfect in any stretch of the imagination but it is certainly fun i think if you go and expecting trash you have a decent enough time and i had a decent enough time with it it's it's pretty good um i don't know if i would have gone to have seen it in imax just because you know the trip would have been a lot further i don't think it would have been worth it necessarily um bike was fun it was interesting it was it was something to do it was a stupid little silly thing i mean i think worth seeing for aldous hodge and um piss Brosnan alone they were great obviously it's not much of a spoiler but i won't spoil it the end scene the end credit scene i knew that was going to be the last reason i went to see it i mean i'm very happy about that news and i'm very happy that that's happening so, I mean, that's something we'll get back to later, definitely. But yeah, more on that a little bit later on, because it's going to tie into sort of the main theme of the podcast. Um, after that, I got a message from my brother saying, well, they, he lives about 20-something miles away from me, but he's like, I'm going to go see The Banshees of Inishin. Do you want to come? And I've seen all of Martin Donner's films in the cinema. Um, in Bruges, I just saw because it looked funny, and I like Colin, Colin Farrell at the time, so I thought, I'll go see that. Um I went to see Seven Psychopaths for the exact same reason, and mostly because I really loved In Bruges. Um, Three Billboards, again, same thing, um, just because it was the same guy. And this was brilliant. Um, it's very funny, funnier than I thought it would be. I didn't think it would be quite as laugh out loud funny as it actually is. I thought it would be a lot more serious. Um, it's like really, some really good moments that made me really lose my shit, like really funny stuff. Um, however, there's some moments that are really affecting, you know, it is a drama at the heart of it. And there's some moments that are really kind of sad and a lot of pathos and stuff like that. And it's really well made, um, really good. Um, Barry Coogan or Coogan or whatever his name is, is fantastic. I think obviously he's broken out now a bit more. He's um, the Joker. So, you know, he's he's got a good career ahead of him. Um, definitely worth seeing, I think. Very funny, very good. I hope he gets a 4K release because it's beautiful. Um I then watched a film on DVD. Now, I haven't done this in a very long time, and I did search if there was an HD version around. I searched all over the net to see if I could find one. I couldn't find anything, like literally at all. There's nothing I could find anywhere about an HD... Oh, sorry, an HD version anywhere. I watched Face, which is a film from, I want to say, 96... Oh, 97, um, directed by Tonya Bird. Now... I saw this in cinema where it came out. I would have been 17, so I would have seen it illegally because, you know, grown up. Uh, it's got Robert Carlyle, Ray Winston, Steve Sweeney, um, Damon Albarn, which is one of the reasons I went to see it. Because um, I was a big, big, big Blur fan. Phil Davis is in it as well. Um, it's kind of a... I suppose people at the time described it as more like a British heat. You know, it's a crime thriller with a gun battle in the middle of the street. Um it's it's just a good little pot boiler. It feels like um you'd get it as a an episode of like Prestige UK TV now. Like it would have been like an a high budget episode of Cracker or like Gangs of London now, but with a little bit less violence. Um it's just about crooks holding up um a place and then they'll fall out in a reservoir dogsy kind of style and then who's double crossing who and who's done what and it's very clever, it's very fun and I I wanted to see it again out of nowhere. Um, I don't know where you know the desire came from, but Antonia Bird, after Face, 
I wanted to see everything she did. Um, and she kind of died off. It's a shame because she did Ravenous as well, which Damon Albarn did the soundtrack with, which again was Robert Carlyle, Guy Pearce, David Arquette, um, which I might watch today, actually, now I remind myself, because it is on Disney+. Plus. Um, I don't own it, so it might be worth seeing on there. Next film I watched is Barbarian. Um, I won't talk about Barbarian because the least you know, the better. It's very good. My brother actually hated it, which is weird because he normally likes the things like that. And I don't know what it was, but it kept me guessing a little bit, which is quite hard for me. I normally figure this stuff out quite far in advance. Um, it wasn't like completely, you know, oh my God, I didn't see that coming. But it was more nice surprises and things that, you know, stood out and went, oh, look, this is an idea and this is an idea. And some of it was very clever and some of it was very well made. And especially as first time director of like an actual feature film, I thought it was really good. I watched the first episode of Guillermo de Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. It was okay. It was fine. It's good that it was short, about 45 minutes. Um, yeah, it was okay. It was fine. I haven't watched the rest of them, so obviously didn't grab me that much. But again, been working a lot. So I'm trying to get more movies in than TV. Like apart from occasional rewatches of 30 Rock, just when I want to like zone out to nothing else. Um, I watched X, the Thai West film from, I think it was last year. Or was it? No, oh, it was this year. God, he's cranking them out. Um, now, I've been on record before saying I'm a massive Ty West fan. He's directed some of the horror films that actually count as good recently because I don't like modern horror films, all Torchborn. Um, Innkeepers, um, VHS, his segment, and House of the Devil are flawless movies. They are absolutely fantastic. And in the valley of violence is very good as well like his horror sort of western his splatter western is fantastic i love that movie absolutely great um yeah it's disappointing this i will watch pearl which is the prequel and then maxine which is the sequel um it took me ages to realize britney snow was britney snow from pitch perfect as well that was that came out of nowhere um and also, I won't get, won't get into spoilers too much, but, you know, the who was playing who and whatever else. And I thought the cast was really good. I thought the idea was kind of Texas Chainsaw light. Um, it was interesting, but it just didn't work for me. Um, Ty West normally is the master of suspense and setting up something you're not going to see coming. But all of this I saw coming and it didn't really, it felt like, he was making a 70s slasher film and that's kind of what it is but i think he can do better than that um and my brother just watched pearl last night and said it's more of the same and i don't know if i'm gonna get me a hurry to watch that and i don't want to fall off ty west because i think he's better um than that i haven't watched green inferno actually his sort of cannibal holocaust film but it's something i will watch at some point um and then on the recommendation of the weekly planet podcast um they reviewed Bodies, 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 Barbarian, and this film, The Stranger, which is an Australian set um, thriller, crime film, um, starring, I think it's Sam Worthington, isn't it? I always get them confused. Oh, Joel Edgerton, there you go. Um, and Sean Harris. Um, now, they didn't spoil anything, but I thought it was a crime thriller about a cop. It kind of is and kind of isn't. Um, it's actually based on a true story, um, and it's yeah all right saying it's a crime thriller about a cop yes yeah, sort of it is because it's about the police are a big part of it and it's about criminals and 
the way they said it, it's like um, these two guys meet on a bus and it's like, hey, where are you going? I'm going here. I'm going there. Do you want to do some crimes? Yes, I'll do some crimes. And, you know, that's that's kind of the setup of it. But it's about a child who went missing and was abducted and is one to do with the other, is something to do with this. It's very clever, um, very well shot, very well made. It feels like one of those sort of Norwegian thrillers that'd be, be on BBC Three, like at 3 a.m. in the morning. It's really weird. Um in saying that, it's genuinely good. Um, like genuinely good. It's a good little thriller and definitely, definitely worth watching. Uh, so that's all I've been watching um, at the moment. So there's quite a bit there, to be honest, and some pickups, which is great. So we go a little bit into some um, some news. So I haven't written all of this down yet. So we'll sort of go over them a little bit um arrow's got their january releases announced i'm buying not a single one of them because none of them literally stood out to me uh we've got the executioner collection the dunwich horror angelo may in lady whirlwind and hapiko okay um lucas modison collection and that's it um nothing there for me i mean i'm i'm glad all those films are coming out because someone somewhere would have wanted them they're not necessarily anything, obviously, that I'm going to buy straight away. Um, but, okay, it's it's fine for what it is. Um, Indicator have got theirs out. This is probably um, a big thing that Spencer's going to go for because he is a big fan of the Indicator stuff. I do have a few, but mainly like the, like, Christine and Timberlington Place and things like that, and like, the more commercial films. Um, the Night of the Following Day, Death of a Gunfighter, which, to be fair, I like Death of a Gunfighter. Freud, Freud, ah, can't even speak. Freud, good grief. Um, and they might be giants. Um, yeah, it's it's a good lineup. It's solid films, but it's nothing that I would necessarily, you know, jump out and grab day one. That doesn't mean that any of them are bad or any of them are like aren't worth buying. It's just more that nothing really jumps out at me saying that oh, I should grab those straight away. Um. We have new Scream uh, factory stuff, which is a shame because actually some of these I actually kind of want. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, the um, remake from, I think, 2004, um, has a new 4K master. Strapped for the original camera negative. And out of 4K, uh, 2K DI this, so I don't know how much I read into that as, like, what they're going to do. They're going to re-edit and rebuild it in 4K, but I don't see Shout doing that because they can't afford it. They can't afford to make discs that aren't scratched anymore. Let alone anything else. Um, so it does have a new 4K master um, it has the rated cut in 4K and on Blu-ray and theatrical cut with the old 2K master as well nothing interesting there nothing new no extras new but it's still a 4K master a film I really like it's James Gunn's first big breakout script obviously and probably my favourite Zack Snyder film yeah probably close to it um, next we have Rafa Man a Guy Ritchie film I really liked I wish it wasn't coming from Shout I wish someone over here in the UK had put it out because um, I do want to buy it I might just get one of the German releases now there's no details on that of extras or audio I know most people are crying about not having Atmos but it wasn't shotting Atmos neither was Gentleman it was 7.1 for some reason he uses, he uses Dolby 7.1 I don't know why he uses a dead format but he does um, Freaky Again, a weird one. I don't know why they're putting out newish films that, you know, should have been on 4K initially and then aren't. It's it, it just weird. Um, 
um, Ouija. Um, I never watched that. Um, I heard it was okay, but I never actually got around to watch it. We have the Jackie Kang Kang. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? Jackie Chan Collection Volume One, 1976, 1982. Um, the Killer Meteors, um, Wooden Men, To Kill with Intrigue, Staking Crane Arts of Shaolin, Dragon Fist, Battle Creek Brawl, which is the only one I've really seen recently and I really like, um, and Dragon Lord. So it's a good little collection. It's good little bits and bobs. Um, and they're also re-releasing They Live in a Steelbook, which is what Shout do. So, yep, great, fine. Um, it, it's okay list there. I mean, it's good stuff. It's just I wish it wouldn't come from them. I wish it's come from someone who gave a shit about quality control or could do quality control because they can't seem to do either. Um, from Paramount, we have Double Jeopardy and one of their Paramount Presents. Why? I don't understand. Did this make like four billion million trillion dollars? Because I understand why people are... Hyped over Double Jeopardy. Does Ashley Judd get her boobs out or something? Is that what people... Who cares? Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that cries that we haven't got a 4K of thinking of a movie now. Sneakers, one of my favourite films of all time. We haven't got 4K of that, you know, but we've got 4K of this. It, not one's better than the other. It's just I don't see why they get to these things unless that's their 4K master was ready first, you know. It's a bit weird, but hey, that's what they want. It's just weird that it's a presents label as well. We have more details about the 4K restoration Italian job from Kino Lorber. I'm all the way down on this. Um, Kino, for their issues and quality control again, not just shout, they're shit at times too. They stand fix science alarms, I never forgive them for it. Um... It is coming out on January the 31st. I will be buying this version. Um, it has a 4K restoration of the film for the original camera negative by Paramount Pictures. Last time they did this, I think we talked about last week, it was from Sky. They paid for it, and it was DNR to hell. This doesn't appear to be. Um, there are no new extras, but it does have 5.1 surround. Why? And lossless restored 2.0 mono audio. Now, the restored thing freaks me out a little bit. I've got the latest disc. Uh, it's a PAL one, unfortunately, but its pitch quality is amazing on that PAL latest disc. I can rewatch it and I can compare. That's the thing with Highlander last night. I was listening to it thinking, and I've actually bid on a couple of laser discs last night on eBay. Um, is this the correct 2.0 track? It is original. I don't know. Maybe. Um, there's no real way to tell unless you sort of A to B them. It sounded right, and I'm normally a good tell for these. But again, I am exhausted, so not entirely sure, really. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, it's, yeah, it's something I'll definitely buy. There's no new extras, which is a shame. But I love it's got the American poster on the inside and the English poster on the outside. Absolutely fine with that. I think it's going to be great, and I'll definitely pick that up a million times. <coughs> we have um, Sony Ping out Remains of the Day, which is really weird. Um, yeah, it's, why? Um, why isn't this in one of the big box sets? Why aren't other things that are in the big box sets out on single releases in every other country? I don't think it doesn't deserve it. I just think it's a weird one to release on its own rather than one of the big box sets. Um, it's got, um, previously restored in 4K, so it's an original 4K mass they've got, but it's got a Dolby Vision HDR grade approved by director James Ivory. A Dolby Atmos track, 
I'm sure that'll be a fucking barnstormer. Um, plus 5.1 and two channel surround. I think stick with the two channel surround. I don't think you're going to get many um, <coughs> strafing airplanes in that one because that's um, that's really really strange to put. I mean, the Amos and everything just stop the um, cheap seats whinging, but you know it is what it is. Also from Sony, we have another one of their Steelbook re-releases where they new master um, new transfer, which is kind of a weird precedent for them. I don't know why this started or how it started, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think it's weird. So Groundhog Day is coming back out. I've got the original release. I never had an issue with it. It is very hot because it's a Sony release, but it's fine. What this does have, though, is um, Dolby Vision, again, because they all have Dolby Vision. Dolby Atmos, which was on the previous release. But it does have the 5.1 track and the 2.0 track. Now, it's good they're doing this. It's good they're putting all the extra bits on for the original audio tracks and everything else. I'm very big fan of this, very big supporter of this. <coughs> it just does seem a bit weird they keep doing this when they should have done it in the first place. They should have had the original audio tracks on no matter what. But hey, that's what they did. That's what they did. Um, it's probably worth picking up if you don't have the original release. I don't know if I'm desperate to have it. It's one of these ones that, yes, I would always have the original audio. I'd rather have the original audio. Of course, I'd rather have the original audio. Um, but also, how many times have I watched that Groundhog Day disc since I bought it? I think once, maybe twice. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but it's it's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool. Um that they've re-released it. I mean, if it becomes cheap, I just don't want the steelbook. I've already got the original version. I'd have to sell it, and I'd never sell anything. It's just a pain in the ass. You never get what you pay, paid for it back. Um, Kino, again, are making me a very happy boy. Um, they are putting out The Crimson Rivers by Matthew Kasovitz. Um, I've gone on the record before about Matthew Kasovitz. Uh, I really love his stuff. Um, I liked Gothica. Lahen is fantastic. Um, Babylon AD, apart from the fact that he got fucked over on it, and I, there was a great documentary called Fucking Kasovitz out there about the fact that Fox fucked him over on it. Um, I think he's a great director who never got a chance, and it's a shame. Um, Crimson Rivers, I think, he is Matthew Kasovitz and Vincent Cassell, weirdly. Um, I like the masters of having a really cool intro in a movie. If you think of Ocean's 12, or you think of La Hen, or you think of um, this movie especially, where the hip-hop's going in and it zooms into him in the car. Oh, it's a barnstormer. Um, where have I got that word from all of a sudden? I've just used it twice. That's really strange. Um, it is a great film. We don't have details, um, which is a shame. It's early next year. I love The Crimson Rivers. I haven't seen it since it first came out on DVD. Um, I don't own it. Um, I used to rent it all the time, weirdly. Um, I think it's great. I never saw any of the sequels. Um, I will definitely, definitely, definitely be picking this because this one up because I really like it. Um, there is a trailer floating around YouTube for Radiance Films um, where they've announced a new lineup um, and they've also teased a little bit of what their next films will be. I think some Yakuza stuff and some other bits and bobs. I hope it's more stuff you know, that's um, very varied because while I have pre-ordered Miami Blues because I like that film a lot, um, I am getting less esoteric in the stuff that I pick up. You know, I'm not picking up as many weird 1970s Japanese samurai movies as I used to on VHS and DVD. 
I'm getting a lot more mainstream here and there, and it's a shame, but I still love things, you know, there's still things in my top 10, top 20 that, you know, Diva, for example, I keep going on about Diva on this podcast that most people have never seen or would never watch. So there's always these little things that I love, but I want some more, let's say, left field Hollywood stuff, some sort of out left field, strange stuff. You wouldn't necessarily expect them to deliver, but really should be on a cool release somewhere, if you see what I mean. So, yeah, that's the news. Um, Again, a lot from Kino. Um, They are doing the God's work because they're releasing all the films that I love more than anything else. Um, Now, I'm not sponsored by anyone on this, um, apart from my lovely patrons, who I think are fantastic human beings. Um, But if, you know, I don't think anyone from Kino is listening. I don't think anyone from Radiance is listening. I have tweeted at them a couple of times. If they want to send me free stuff, I'm unbiased, unfortunately, for you. Um, but I do write a print um, movie review, so I am literally in print, and I do have this podcast. Um, it is a small podcast now, but hey, you want to send me stuff? I'll happily take it to review. I'll whack it on the 4K spinner, and I'll have a look at it. Because um, if you do do something like, you know, have an error with your audio, have an error with something else, I will call you on it, unfortunately. But if it's great, then it's literally great. Um, and I will talk about it. So the main topic, this is going to be very freewheeling. I was jumbling with a few bits here and there and whatever else. And I was going to talk a bit more about Highlander, but I want to get someone on with me who knows more about Highlander. Um, and there are some people that really do know about Highlander. You know who you are. Um, so I want to talk about that a bit more, but I just want to have a little bit of a ramble about the future of DC. Obviously, James Gunn is now in charge of DC. Um, by the movie side, DCU, I think they're calling it. Um, which does that sound for Detectives Comics, Comics Universe or Detective Comics Cinematic Universe? I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but fine. Okay. Um, and he posted a picture yesterday of um, Superman having a typewriter saying, first day of my job. So it means he's writing stuff, which is great because obviously he's doing peacemaker season two he's just finished the guns galaxy holiday special which is out in a couple of weeks um he has also got guns galaxy three coming out next year and this is a three-year deal now that doesn't mean he's gone off three years but it means that in that three years he's got to run that entire ship and as he's a writer director i'd expect he would be writing and directing as well now he'll be doing peacemaker obviously but i think he'll be doing something else whether he's going back to suicide squad or doing something a bit strange. I'd like to see a Swamp Thing from James Gunn. I think that'd be really cool. Um, or even Constantine. Uh, I think Constantine's a little bit too serious for this, the fun that he has. Swamp Thing is a bit more his speed, I think. Um, but yeah, where is it going, the future of DC? Now, I will... I, well, it's not Black Adam spoilers, because there's literal press releases about this. But Henry Cavill is back as Superman officially now all we've had since justice league was a little cameo in shazam which was the suit with the body double and that was pretty much it we had a body double again in peacemaker where we had um ezra cancelled forever for life miller who i think will be fired by james gunn because james gunn wouldn't stand for jared leto um come on to underage girls 
let alone what um, they've done. So I think that I think he's gone. Um, we ha- currently have Ben Affleck as Batman in Aquaman and in The Flash. We have Michael Keaton as Batman in the cancelled Batgirl and The Flash. What's going on? You know, what 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 do I want from DC, I suppose, is the thing of it. What do I want from this new DC universe? <clears throat> well, what I want is Henry Cavill back as Superman, so I think he's fantastic. But I want a lighter, brighter Superman. You can have a bit of darkness, and you can have a fight, and you can have all this other stuff. But I want Chris McQuarrie, and the rumours were around Chris McQuarrie. I want him to make a super, Superman film. I want a balls-to-the-wall action masterpiece from Chris McQuarrie. He's worked with Henry Cavill before on Mission Impossible Fallout, so he knows what he's like. He knows big budget. He knows action. He knows how to write, which is very important. Um, I want him to do Man of Steel 2 or whatever the second Superman film will be, a standalone Superman film with Superman in it. No other connection to any other DC properties. You can mention Batman, whatever, I don't care. I don't want any other heroes in it. I just want Kal-El in it, and that's it. No Supergirl, no anything else. Um, I'm fine with Supergirl being in The Flash. I'm fine with the casting. I think she looks great. Um, I don't want anything else. I just want a pure Superman film with a cool villain that's badass. Now, whether it's a new continuity or not, I doubt it because I think Black Adam plays directly into that. Um, With Black Adam, as much as I enjoyed it for fun, stupid tosh, and it was fun, stupid tosh, I don't think it's perfect. I don't necessarily need another Black Adam in my life. It was fine and it killed an afternoon. Um, I liked the Justice Society of America. Hawkman was great. Dr. Fate was great. I think the, the Atom and I can't remember. Oh, God, what's her name? Cyclone? Um, I don't think she... I think they were okay. They were fine. But I liked Pierce Brosnan and I liked Aldous Hodge. I think he should come back as Hawkman. I think he's a great sporting player. Maybe put him in the Justice League. That's fine. Um, I want something different. I want something I can't get with Marvel because Marvel is still making a million, billion, trillion movies every 10 seconds and that's what we have, yeah? We have a million Marvel movies, a million different types. We have horror movies. We have all these things, you know? So we 100% have superhero movies covered. I want something new. That's what James Gunn brought with Suicide Squad. It was a cool little balls to the wall, little action movie. It was gory, it was sweary, it was great fun. So something like that. I Batman is probably... Superman and Batman are my favourites, obviously. Superman, I've got a Superman tattoo, you know. I really like Supes, and I like Henry Cavill as Supes. Um, Chris Reeve is obviously my Superman, but Cavill is great. I'm happy with Cavill as Supes. Um, Batman, I would prefer Keaton was the Batman. I grew up with Keaton. Those two movies are my favourite Batman movies by far. I also like Affleck. I think he was the most physical Batman. He's a Batman that you wouldn't want to fuck with. He could kick your ass. Now, I don't know how they're going to do it with Flashpoint. I think the original theory was going to be that Flashpoint made it so Keaton's Batman was the Batman in the DC Universe going forward. With Batgirl being cancelled and Batman being in that as a mentor, I don't know what's going to happen there. Obviously, things have changed. And Affleck was already in The Flash because he would have been the Batman in the Flash's original universe. 
but now he's in Aquaman 2. Does that mean that that's post-Flashpoint, pre-Flashpoint? It's very confusing. I think they need to start again and think about, you know, how this is going to work as a a connected universe with separate stories. So I think it needs to be separate stories. I think you could do what Marvel did. Because I think Marvel could even do what they did. You think of Eternals with the big um, head sticking out the middle of the ocean. That's never been mentioned since. It's not that much of a connected universe, really. Is it? I think it was mentioned once in She-Hulk, and that was it. That's a bit messed up, though. There's something that cataclysmic and world-ending, and no one seems to be bothered by it. Um, now they put Blade back, and they put all this other stuff back. I think they need to have a look at what they're doing. I think DC has a chance here to come and do something new. Um, Green Lantern, um, you've got Greg Bertelli, I think his name is, who's doing the Green Lantern TV show for HBO Max. That's just had to change as well. So I don't know if you'd go with Green Lantern. Wonder Woman, there's still rumours and talk of Patty Jenkins now she's not doing Rogue Squadron going back to Wonder Woman. Okay, I probably like Wonder Woman 1984 better than most. I rewatched it the other day didn't hold up to my original watch it's it's fine um i'm okay if we skip wonder woman for a little bit um i think you need to get the justice league in place in their own separate movies i think that decide which batman you've got i think that what you need is a man of steel 2 you need a proper man of steel sequel first get that out get superman as the linchpin of it all then do a Batman. Decide who your Batman is. If it's Keaton, fine. If it's Affleck, fine. Make a Batman movie in that universe. We've got Matt Reeves doing The Batman 2, which is going to be separate, which is fine. Great film. The Batman was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, probably my third favourite Batman movie. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd go with that. Probably Returns, 89, then that. Yeah, I'd say that for live action. Definitely. Mask of the Phantasm would probably come higher than that but hey um yeah it's um they need to start thinking about getting these solo movies in and then building it to something else i think that the justice society worked in back out because it was a smaller team and they had less going on um i talked in the first episode about obviously i was really annoyed that we're not going to see batgirl ever again that movie is is done you know um it's a shame because i want to see keaton's work in it he did get paid for it he did a lot of work you know there are toys out there action figures of him and the flash and all this other stuff and it'd been cool to see batman my batman back on the big screen in two different versions that'd been fantastic but um, not meant to be obviously um it's it's something they need to think about with a plan in place i think james gunn is the person to do it i think that you kill off the black Superman idea from J.J. Abrams just because I wouldn't trust J.J. Abrams. I have no issue with the black Superman idea. I think it's a great idea with a great script, potentially. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's producing, I think, has a good hand. I think Creed 3, that trailer looks pretty good. Um, can we get Jonathan Majors in? He's badass. If you get him away from Marvel for 10 minutes, imagine him as like Superman. It'd be fucking amazing. He's built like nothing else. Um, I think that you stop the Elseworlds stuff because you've got Joker um, 2 that's coming like any minute that's going to be, well, they haven't started filming yet, but a musical, you know, in a separate Elseworlds thing, same as The Batman, they're not connected universes. There's a Joker in The Batman that isn't the same River Phoenix one. River Phoenix? Oh, yeah. 
I hope. I hope it's not Ruin Phoenix. Um, Yakin Phoenix. It's it's confusing. There, in, there are different universes that are not interconnected. These Marvel, everything sort of goes in. So Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk, they all fit in together. That makes sense. You know what I mean? It's it's a shame that yeah they've they've kind of painted themselves into a corner of that. I think that either Gunn brings it all together, so Robert Pattinson becomes the Batman for the DCEU, or you really do make it a separate thing. Maybe give Reeves the chance to go like full R-rated and like really push the envelope on this stuff because if it's not connected, then who cares, you know? We've got Aquaman 2, already finished. You know, when I went to see Shazam, what surprised me was, oh yeah, there's an Avatar 2 coming, isn't there? I forgot about that. Seeing that trailer again, I'm like, oh yeah, of course. And then Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods. I'm like, oh yeah, shit, that's been finished for like a year nearly. What the fuck? What? Yeah, that's not coming out until next year now. What? Okay. So they've still got these leftovers from the Snyder universe that are still coming out. Um... In fact, Black Adam felt like a Snyder film. It had that piss yellow filter. It felt very dark, broody, moody. You know, the jokes are very dark. Um, so funny. There were some funny lines in it. Pierce Brosnan especially made me laugh. Um, yeah, I don't know where to go with this. I don't know what you do with anything apart from rebuild it. So you start with Superman again. Then you'd release a Batman movie. Um but it all depends on what happens. The problem is, no matter what James Dunn goes up over the next, does over the next few years, it depends what happens with The Flash, Shazam, and the Elseworlds stuff. Because if they start tanking, he's going to have to change. So he could bring Shazam and Black Adam, like Shazam versus Black Adam, into the next film. He could make that a film upcoming, a sequel to both of them, is Shazam versus Black Adam. Cool, lovely stuff. Then, do you put them both on the Justice League? You could. If Shazam 2 flops, like Black Adam's not doing that well, then do you decide that both of those are now dead and Shazam doesn't exist anymore? So Shazam won't be on the Justice League. Zachary Levy's out. The Rock is out. We can't afford The Rock. You know, it, it all depends on this stuff. So if The Flash comes out and is a disaster, like the worst-reviewed DC movie yet, then what are you going to do? You're going to completely kill Keaton's idea off? That'd be a shame, but that's what I'd do. If, it, if the Flash died, you can't keep plugging away at Keaton. You can go back to Affleck, but if Aquaman 2 flops, what are you going to do with that? Aquaman 1 was really expensive and like two and a half fucking hours long, nearly three hours long. It's longer than 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is really weird. Um, so I don't understand exactly what's going on there. It just seems like they need to make a decision on on what the separate worlds are. I think James Gunn is the person to put in charge. I've said this like 15 times now because I think he's got a singular vision. I think he's the person that when you look at James Gunn, you think, oh, he gets it. Because you look at what he did with Suicide Squad and that spun off to Peacemaker and that all works. That feels connected. It feels like it's a good idea. He's worked with Jason Moe on that. He worked with Ezra Miller on that, but I think he will get rid of Ezra Miller. If he doesn't, he's just... I don't think he's this type of person, but 
if he doesn't get rid of him, then he's a complete hypocrite. He needs to kill off Ezra Miller's career completely. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see, but I'm not sure I trust anyone else apart from James Gunn to pull this together. And I think you do go Superman next. I think you get Cavill back in the suit. You give him a Chris McCrory or someone like that, not an unknown, definitely not Schneider. You give him someone with some hope and some ideas and some cinematic flair. You put it on a big fuck off IMAX screen and you let the people get wowed by Superman again. That's what I want. Hell, if you get Tom Cruise as a bad guy, get Tom Cruise as Brainiac. That'd be badass, you know, something like that. You get some big stunt casting. You get people back in the cinema and caring about Superman. You get some spectacle. And Chris McQuarrie is the person who can do spectacle. He can bring out the big guns, the big action. He could make it work. I think that is the way to make the DC Universe relevant again. Because it has to be relevant. The moment it is irrelevant, there is no one who gives a shit about this stuff. Now, there are people who are like, oh, no, I've, I don't like Marvel. There's 40,000 Marvel movies. You know, they're all the same. They're boring. Are they great stuff? You know, I like a lot of the Marvel movies. My brother keeps telling me off because, oh, you like everything. I don't like everything. Eternals was boring as shit. I saw Black Widow twice, once in IMAX, once in normal. I liked it a lot. Haven't seen it since. I've got the 4K. Shang-Chi, again, saw it in IMAX um, and normal and liked it a lot. I think it's great. The action's great. I'm glad that he's doing Wonder Man. Um, is it Dustin Destin? I think it is. The director. Um I think that's great. I want another Shang-Chi. I want him to be a part of stuff going forward. Um, I like She-Hulk a lot. Miss Marvel I liked. Uh, Loki I liked because it was clever, but I didn't enjoy it. It felt like a slog. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens going forwards. Wakanda Forever, I'm a little bit miffed that Shuri is like the panther or appears to be the planther because she's an anti-vaxxer and seems like a horrible person. I don't want anything to do with her, but... We're stuck with her, apparently, which sucks, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, I think that it's an interesting time because Marvel are faltering a little bit. Um, they need to really focus. And I think DC have an opportunity to come in and become more relevant again, like they were in like the 80s and the 70s. Well, the 80s more than anything. Um, 80s and 90s, where they were the kings. You know, everything was about DC. You had... Christopher Reeve's Superman, you had all this other stuff. This is a chance for them to come in and start eating the dinner of the execs over at Marvel because they have a chance. They have James Gunn in charge. If they can get big-name directors who know what they're doing, like Chris McQuarrie and people like that, James Wan stays on with Aquaman and things like this, I think it could be the way forward. I think it could be something interesting. Um, I also like that they're bringing home the IMAX scenes. Um, so you obviously had the Warner Archive release of... Um, Batman v Superman, which I've picked up, which is like proper full IMAX release. You've got Justice League was the full uh, 4x3. Well, that was my speakers being delivered and I just ran like an absolute idiot because I thought if he didn't get there in time, he would have gone away. So yeah, um, I'm completely out of breath. And the cat is absolutely scared to death, which is great fun. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think that this could be an interesting time for DC and a chance to completely right the wrongs and fix what went wrong previously. Because I think pull your money in Zack Schneider, who's a visionary director, for he does have a vision. I don't think he's a visionary, but he has a vision, definitely. Um, 
was a good idea at the time, but I think it wasn't the good idea going forward because I think giving him too much power and too much oversight. Obviously, Zack Snyder's Justice League is a better film at four and a thousand hours, like it is, than Joss Whedon's like version. But don't forget, Joss Whedon's version was literally put together piece by piece because that's all he did have. Um, not advocating Joss Whedon, he's a scumbag, obviously, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think that he needs to shake things up, fresh directors with a fresh voice who aren't afraid to do something visually different. And if he lets that happen, I think it could be an absolute win. So there we go. That's the um, show for today. Um, again, I want to thank the patrons um, and everyone who listens. Um, it does mean a lot. This does take a lot of my time to put together and put everything else and everything else together. Um, I do try my best to get them up every week. I'm getting better. I'm still not perfect. Work is still getting in the way here and there. So I do thank everyone for sticking by me. Um, so yeah, until next time, it's Mike saying I'll see you again.